you have found the Thinking Mind podcast. I wanted to take some time today to talk a little bit about the crisis from a different perspective. Obviously, the current situation has impacted all of our lives in different and often tragic ways. I do want to expand a little on some of the ideas I've been considering during this very unusual time in a way that can highlight some of the hidden opportunities which I believe lurk in the background of today's events. It's worth mentioning that I don't want this to be the final word on this topic, but instead, I'd like this to be the beginning of a dialogue with you. The listener feedback we have gotten so far has been both highly appreciated and extremely helpful. In the future, we'll likely expand this audience interaction to devoting entire episodes to responding to listener feedback, which really is one of the more interesting things about podcasting as a medium. So all of that being said, I'd like to elaborate a little on the value of subtraction. Currently, we find ourselves in a time that's characterized by a lot of heavy restriction. We can no longer socialize or spend time in public places as we choose. We don't necessarily have access to all the goods we would normally would, including food, cleaning products, or even somewhat hilariously toilet paper. Many of us are isolated from our friends or family, and some of us are not even getting an income. One could say that normally we exist in a paradigm that either implicitly or explicitly values addition, acquisition, and growth. We think about how to make more money rather than how to spend less. We strategize how to acquire more possessions rather than dispose of possessions that no longer bring us value. In a more abstract sense, we fantasize about what we could bring into our experience in order to achieve some elusive sense of well-being. Too often, obviously, that sense of contentment is either not achieved at all or achieved only momentarily, only to evaporate and to leave us back in our original position, which is usually characterized by desire or, or lack. To some degree, you could say this is a problem of capitalism, and I say that not as an anti-capitalist by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's important to point out that capitalism, of course, relies on a mindset of acquisition and growth. And that over the past century or so, many industries have developed sophisticated ways of appealing to our minds through various instincts, fears, and appetites. One example that springs to mind is the concept of hyperpalatability in the food industry. Hyperpalatable foods are those that contain certain combinations of fat, salt, and carbohydrates, as well as certain textures and mouthfeels which tap into the brain's reward system in order to make it hard for us to stop eating them. Take a moment to consider that food companies employ scientists whose job it is to make foods as hyperpalatable as possible, and therefore to be as addictive as possible. I think the thing to bear in mind is that capitalism is not in and of itself a system of values, but rather it's an economic paradigm which should be considered within a greater value hierarchy to which it should be subservient. What we have now, strangely, is a kind of collective pause where many people have the opportunity to examine their own pyramid of values. And this is largely because so much of our range of experience has been forcibly taken away. In the realm of spirituality, there is often a lot of airtime devoted to activities of subtraction and the value of sacrifice. Fasting is a good example, the act of intentionally going without food as it takes place in Ramadan and Lent. Meditation, prayer and chanting are other good examples 
These are exercises that involve removing distraction in favor of a more precise focus. Why is it that these processes of restriction are considered so salient in the pursuit of spiritual growth? Subtraction allows you to truly assess the value of that which is being subtracted, by which I mean both the positive and negative value. How much does that extra meal at a restaurant or expensive cup of coffee really contribute to my happiness? How much does it take away? What's the difference between speaking to friends and family over Zoom versus in real life? What is the value of a good night's sleep versus going out drinking with friends until 3am? How much money do I really need to spend in order to feel fulfilled? It's important that I emphasize that I'm not going through this exercise assume any answers, but what I am appreciating is the opportunity to finally ask questions and then to run the experiment in real time. At the same time, subtraction also allows you to better appreciate your own value. How resilient am I? How much luxury do I need to be okay? What kind of meal can I prepare from the food left over in my cupboard? How do I deal with isolation? It's a fact of our history that our minds and bodies evolved in an environment of near constant hardship. And often difficult times have the ability to activate our inner resourcefulness and consequent sense of well-being in a way that a beach holiday simply can't. This is not well-being derived from having comforts around us. Because on some level, we're all smart enough to know that any comfort or luxury is finite and fragile. This is a sense of well-being that is derived from exposure to hardship and the peace of mind of knowing that you have the ability to adapt to it. Often when someone is concerned they may be allergic to a certain kind of food, they're prescribed an elimination diet, which involves removing all but essential foods from the diet for a period of time, and then one by one adding different kinds of food back into the diet in order to determine which category of food is problematic. Unusually enough, we now find ourselves in a kind of collective elimination diet, but applied to our broader lifestyles. Most of us also have much more time, which is arguably the most precious resource we have, since it's finite for everyone and could run out for anyone at a moment's notice. And so I think some questions worth asking are, how has the crisis affected you? How has it affected your wider sense of contentment and fulfillment? What have you given up only to find you don't miss very much? What do you sorely miss? Which aspects of your life took away more energy than they gave you? And which aspects gave you back more energy than they required? What are you doing with all the extra time you have? How have you adapted to the new circumstances? And what do you think your life will look like on the other side of this? I'd like to take a moment to thank all the key workers who are currently risking their lives to keep us safe and to everyone else for doing their part in slowing the spread of the virus. And to anyone personally affected, our thoughts and deeper sympathies are with you and your loved ones. You are listening to The Thinking Mind Podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love it if you share it with a friend or you could give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. If you fancy it, you can even buy us a coffee to support the team and the links for that will be in the show notes. Thanks for listening.